Don't play with things that go boom. Lessons from my days in Olive Drab by Clint Morey, specialist fourth class, retired. Well, not actually retired. It's more like I didn't re-up. I was on my way. Loaded into a Huey helicopter, I was flown to a nearby fire support base called Hawk Hill. Now, I thought this was going to be my new home, but I was wrong. <laughs> this was where the headquarters of my new home was located. Now, Hawk Hill was a fairly large facility, and it included the headquarters of many units and who knows what else. They didn't fill me in on that stuff. The 3rd of the 82nd Artillery had a headquarters building. They referred to it as an HHB, Headquarters, Headquarters Battery. Now, I don't know why the Army talks like that, but I think the old-timers must understand what all these words and letters mean. Well, the 3rd of the 82nd Artillery also had a medical clinic, and they had a building that was about halfway underground that was really just a large bunkhouse. It's where men from the various batteries could stay as they were coming from or going to their units. Now, it was the place where I was told to find a bed until they assigned me to the battery that I would be going to. So I found a bed, and it was a real bed, not just a cot. And I settled down for the night. Several people came into the building, and they found a place to lay down their stuff. I assume they were soldiers from the various batteries. One of the things I did enjoy on that day, this was my first day in Vietnam where I did not serve on KP. One of the things I did notice, however, in my little bunk there was the smell. It was the same odor that I had noticed on my bus ride up to Fort Ord on my first day in the Army, marijuana. Two of the guys were on their bunk smoking weed. And while this didn't inspire confidence in me, I consoled myself with the thought that they were on break from their regular duties out in the field and not on some fire base. And I just hoped that they didn't get high on a fire base when they were supposed to be ready to face the enemy at any time. And I met several of the guys. They seemed like normal people. That was good. And then I was introduced to a guy who was called Gunner. Now that seemed like a strange nickname, but I quickly learned the reason for it. Gunner loved, you guessed it, guns. He was a collector, not content with the army-issued weapons. He bought all kinds of guns from the Vietnamese. He had an M1, 45, and several other weapons. And he couldn't wait to show us his latest purchase. He pulled it out of his duffel bag, and there it was for us to admire. A Thompson submachine gun. Now, if you ever saw any of the old gangster movies from the 1930s, you probably know what a Thompson submachine gun is. Most of the guys knew Gunner, and they looked like they were trying to sound interested, but it was obvious they'd heard his stories many times before. But I found his stories interesting, and I wondered if he would be one of the men on the battery where I would be assigned. Now, I mentioned that the building I was in was half underground, and that meant the walls were, for the most part, dirt. There was a roof overhead that was covered with sandbags, but the walls, they were definitely dirt, which brought up another characteristic of Vietnam. 
bugs. Now, I suppose I should have realized this. After all, a good portion of Vietnam was a jungle, but it really didn't sink in until I saw a large bug crawling up the wall of our bunk area. I pointed it out, but most of the guys didn't pay it much attention. I guess they'd grown used to the sight of bugs. Gunner, however, picked up his Thompson submachine gun, aimed at the bug on the wall, and pulled the trigger. Bullets flew against that wall. Everyone dove to the ground, and eventually heads popped up and guys began yelling at Gunner. What are you doing? Are you crazy? You know, the ordinary stuff like that. Gunner just smiled and nodded toward the wall. No bug, he said. He put his Thompson submachine gun back in the duffel bag, and the rest of us got back on our bunks. A few minutes later, two MPs came rushing into the room. We heard gunfire, said one of the MPs. We did too, said Gunner. Did you find out what it was? The two MPs shook their heads no, looked around the room, and left. You're nuts, one of the guys said to Gunner. Gunner just smiled. I realized that my time in Vietnam was going to be a unique experience. Now, the next morning, we were gathered in front of the headquarters building, and we were the newbies waiting for our assignments. Before giving out the assignments, however, the guy running the meeting asked if any of us typed. They had an opening in headquarters and needed someone who could type and he told how it was a great job and a quick way to get a promotion. Now, the fact is, I could type. I typed about 40 words per minute, which is good, especially when you consider that was on the old manual typewriters. But I could not see any reason to tell the headquarters pitchman about my skills. I was trained in fire direction control, and I did not want to spend my year in Vietnam typing reports. I was trained to direct artillery fire. So I kept my mouth shut. And I was assigned to something called B battery. They said it was the jump battery and I would join them on a fire base later that day. But before they would send us out on a Huey, there was one thing they had to take care of. The guy pointed at me and a couple of others and said, you're on KP. Well, that figured. So in my first four days in Vietnam, I was on KP three of those days. Now, I did learn one very important lesson during this phase of my Army career. Uh, if you ever meet a guy with the nickname of Gunner, it might be wise to pay attention to what he does. Sometimes, nicknames have a link to reality.